0: C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio studios in Lake Wales, Florida, home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowler's Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show is regularly scheduled at the same time each week. The late Kegel owner, the great John Davis, told Len Nicholson to start this program because quote, people need to know what you know. End quote. This PBA and Bowling Writer Hall of Famer has now recorded over 1,200 shows and has featured over 425 guests since 2002, 20 years plus of bowling knowledge, story sharing, and true expertise. Phantom, we need to know what you know. So, Phantom fans, here's your host, Len Nicholson, the Phantom.
1: Well, thank you, C.J., And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. Well, Phantom fans, for those of you who follow our show, you know that occasionally we pay tribute to the greats of the past. And to help us this week is a man who has been here with us before, and he's become a real fan favorite. People are asking me to have Glenn on more often, so here he is. So for starters... He was a charter member of the PBA in 1958. He's a member of the USBC and the PBA Hall of Fame, and he was involved in the most famous day in bowling history. And that was on July 1st, 1982, when he rolled his world record famous 900 series. So here again with us again is the great Glenn Allison. Hello, Glennon. Welcome back to Phantom Radio. Hi, man.
2: Thanks
1: for the great I love it. <laughs> well, I tell you the truth, you know, there's a hell of a lot more I could say, but I don't want to waste any time. People have heard a lot of your bio before, and you got a lot of important stuff to talk about. People have been asking me to make sure you come on, and the last time you were here, uh, you talked about the great Bill Lillard, and, that, and just a carryover on that was you were going to go bowl – in the national championships, and you're a few pins behind uh, Mr. Lillard. So how'd you do this time up there? Well, ben, I, 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 can't
2: I can't bowl, bowl. anymore. But I'm, I'm, what I mean is I, I can't score anymore. I bowled, but uh, my score was 1167 for the nine games, all of a, a 129 average. But I had fun. Uh, that was my 70th year. The USB treated me extremely well. They comp uh, rooms for me and my family, and uh, and also comp just a big dinner at the steakhouse. Uh, There were twelve of us there, and really, uh, they really did really did it up great.
1: That's good to hear. You know, they should do that. They should they should welcome you with open arms wherever you go. But you know that that's for another subject. And you've talked about that enough. I'm sure you're pretty much tired of hearing all about the USBC. But that's good that they did that. You know, the last time you were with us, uh, we did, we paid tribute uh, to Bill Lillard. And at the end, you said, you know, you really like this. and You like to talk about some of the guys from the past. And I mentioned a couple of names. You said, how about Bill Taylor? Well, Bill Taylor, as everybody knows, was a very controversial man. He was a genius to some extent, but what do you got
2: to say about Bill Taylor? Well, uh, he was the guru of bowling. Uh, probably the, the most knowledgeable in, in his time, the most knowledgeable uh, coach that could be. He was my coach. My first introduction to Bill was a note in my bowling bag when I was bowling a tournament, uh Oxnard tournament, and I'm not sure of the year, but it was somewhere in the early 60s. And anyway, the note said that he could improve my game by ten or fifteen pins. I, I just uh, kind of laughed that off and said I was going to go tell something. Tell no teller what I thought. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, after talking to him for a while, I listened to him for a while. He he did uh, help me tremendously uh, while he was coaching me. I won two tournaments and the last two tournaments that I won, but uh, that was in uh, 1964. He, some of the things that happened with uh, Bill is uh, he he was a uh, uh, he was coaching me when I bowled at tournament a tournament in 1964 I qualified the uh, uh, spot last two spots in the quali- qualifying and uh, we had a roll off when I won the roll off so I uh, was in in uh, 15th place when the tournament started and I wound up winning it. Bill was coaching me like every. Four or five frames, uh, I'd go up and talk to Bill. He was sitting behind me, and th- that was for the whole tournament. And uh, the next tournament we went to, uh, they had barred Bill Taylor from coaching. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you mentioned that was in '64, but you know, you got it. I know you're kind of modest and you're humble, but. You know, you were a star in the 50s, too, before you even met Bill Taylor, but he might have polished you off a little bit and got you straightened out for that tournament, right? Yeah, you're right. He, he did help me a lot. Yeah, so. well, you, you were on those bowling teams, Falstaff and all that in the 50s when there was some really good competition back in those days.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved that uh, bowling on the uh, the teams. Uh, the team competition in those days was really fantastic. Uh, but it kind of it kind of finished in the early '60s. There with almost no more uh, special teams like we were. Uh, I think the only one that was left at that time was Troas, and they lasted longer than anybody else. But yeah. I, I I really did uh, that. That was uh, some of the best times of my career. Yes. Bowling yeah, bowling with the ribbon team and bowling with Falstaff.
1: Well, they were a pretty good sponsor. <laughs> they took care of you pretty much, uh, going town oh, to yeah. town, exhibitions and all that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I was a
2: salaried player uh, for the first three years, uh, few years that I was with Falstaff, They uh, they paid for all of our tournament bowling, and uh, we kept all the money. So it was really a uh, a fantastic thing as far as I was concerned. <laughs> once they uh, once they quit sponsoring, uh, I had a tougher time on the tour. So, and I I wound up uh, quitting uh, in 1970. And then of course after that uh, was in the 80s when I started bowling the senior tour, so <laughs> I had a lot of fun there
1: too. Oh man, that was a beauty. That was a, I'll tell you, that was a lot of fun out there. You guys were still so competitive. And I remember I was involved to some degree, but you had a, a full field every week. And the funniest part was, it's not funny, but about half the guys were good bowlers, and the other half were guys that just retired and want to go out and bowl, and they were known as the card players. They were on one squad, and the good bowlers were on the other squad, and you'd argue every week, well, they're too easy. Well, the guys, the card players, said they were too tough. And they went back and forth. <laughs> so it was it was kind of a, a rough situation to be in because, you know, they wanted to go home and, and tell their wives they averaged 200, Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to stay out on the road because you guys were out on the road having a good time playing golf and, and bowling and sit in the bar and, and shooting shooting the bull about the old days. I remember it was a whole heck of a lot of fun back then, Bill.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah I, that I really enjoyed. It. And I was one of the bridge players. Yeah, you were both.
1: You were both. Oh,
2: yeah, I was a bridge player, a bowler, and a golfer. Yeah. Um,
1: you, and you were... <laughs> wound up being no good at any of them. <laughs> oh, stop, stop. Hey, listen, you know, uh, as, as you know, you know, you guys have come up with this great idea, and I've been, I've been advertising it every week, and I want to do it again. But, you know, you guys, I have a special announcement. You guys have come up with a chance for our audience and all of our listeners to get a one-of-a-kind souvenir. It's a brand-new Glenn Allison 900 shirt. And you can enjoy a discount from Phantom Radio. So this 900 shirt has an image of Glenn on it, and it says 900. I did it. So call his friend, and I call him your manager, but I don't know. I think he waits on you hand and foot because he he keeps bragging about it. But it's Jerry Hale, who you guys have been friends for 60 years just about. Get a hold of Jerry at 714 309 7587 and be the first in your area to get this historic souvenir shirt so call jerry at 714-309-7587 and be sure to mention that you heard about it on phantom radio and they'll give you a little bit of a discount you know we talked a little bit there about you know the fall staff years and before the pva and And you bowled against all of them. And and I tease you a little bit. I I say you never bowled against Count Gangler because you're not that old. But you're about the only guy I know that remembered him because he was a hustler back in the day. But can you give us a little bit of something, a story or two about anybody that you want to? I mean, there's a hundred guys that you love back there, uh, Harry Smith or Salvino or... Steve Nagy or Billy Wailoo or anybody parts. Uh, people love to hear stories. So you got one or two for us?
2: Yeah, I think I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you one first about Bill Taylor. And I believe this happened in, uh, in a tournament at uh, in Long Beach, the ABC tournament in Long Beach. Uh, Bill Taylor had a booth there, was drilling bowling balls. And he, he was one day was given kind of a, a clinic on uh, ball drilling and somebody in the audience say, Hey, Bill, just, can you drill a ball upside down? He says, well, he says, uh, if somebody will hold my feet, I'll try. <laughs> That's great. There's <laughs> something more about Bill. He it, it was uh, really a, a great coach. But uh, when I said that the PBA barred him, it wasn't very much longer that everybody had a coach on the tour. So yeah. they, they, they did, they, they allow coaching now, but they barred bill. But uh, he also was very knowledgeable in, in uh, the lane conditions and was, was uh, felt like uh, we, he could do something to make the game uh, uh, more honest uh, the, because of the way the lanes were done in those days, uh, uh, the way people, certain people uh, oiled the lanes that made them easy. And he came up with an oilless lane. I traveled with Bill. I know we went to Texas and we went to uh, New York and we went to, uh, we even went to Canada and he carried these panels with him. That he had three panels that he would put on a lane. He, I, I bowled on those panels and exhibitions uh, uh, when he was trying to, to get that approved uh, by the uh, at at that at that time the ABC uh, we did all that traveling and I did that. Uh, Bill Johnson came with us and he was uh Bill and John Fantini uh, traveled with us uh, at that time and Bob was was uh, writing <laughs> my book at that time and we just finished it a couple of years ago other stories. I have a story about uh, Harry Smith. He was uh, he was some some did some of the funniest things. Sometimes I couldn't hardly believe it. <laughs> I remember one time I was having breakfast with him, and uh, he, he he looked down at his breakfast when they served it, and then he says, "Hey, waiter, waiter!" He says, uh, "Could you uh, bring me another day and uh, another plate?" He says, and they and he brought, they brought him another plate, and then he. He took the bacon and put it on the plate, yeah. and then he, he called it. Hey waiter, waiter, would you bring me another plate? And he took the eggs browns and put them another plate. And then he went down and he said, cut cut the the uh, white all the way away away from the yolk of the eggs, and he spread them one side and then the other on the plate. They were split, and then he took the uh, the uh, Knife and fork, and reached down and just went through threw it with a knife and fork, just cut it and cut it and cut it and cut it and cut it. And cut it. Uh, it was a, just the funniest thing that I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> Every had the whole the whole crowd in the restaurant looking at him. <laughs> it was the darkest He he was unreal. He
1: Some was them, a total he, character. Yes,
2: yes. Oh yes, yes. He
1: was that for sure. Yeah, you know, he was he was best friends with Harry Golden, who was the national tournament director, and they needed an assistant man, assistant director, and Harry hired him and says, "You just do what I tell you to do." And anyway, yeah. by the, by the end of the year, they had a meeting in the office with Joe Antonora, and you know when they find the guys for whatever roll call or conduct or whatever, uh, they would turn their money in at the end of the year. So. Harry Golden had like $17,000 uh, worth of fines, and they said to Harry uh, Smith, "Well, how much you got?" And he goes, "Nothing." He says, "What do you mean nothing? You you were out there as much as I was. How come you didn't find anybody?" He says, "Well, the bowlers don't make a lot of money." He says, "I can't afford to pay. They, you know, they can't afford to pay fines." <laughs> he went a whole year <laughs> without finding anybody. <laughs>
2: You You know, know, uh,
1: uh,
2: Harry Golden asked me to do that job, uh, and I told him no. I said I still wanted to bowl, so I I didn't take it. I I probably should have because I wasn't bowling very well after that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, to be honest, you know, the PVA came along, you know, a little bit past your prime a little bit, you know. you were you were a star in the fifties pretty much and the PBA really didn't roll start rolling until you know, the late sixties. So and that ten years is a whole big difference in in, uh, in talent and and, and and being in good shape and all that kind of stuff. But you held your own with the guys throughout your eight years far as to, for sure.
2: Well, well I, I that was that was a a lot of fun for me. The whole uh, bowling career, and and still fun, and I, I'm I'm looking forward to to the next couple of years. Uh, if I can make it two more years, I'll pass. Uh, I'll I'll be number one in pinfall.
1: Well, and there'll I'll, be it. A... Years played, if I can make it two more years. Well, you better so make that's my it. Goal. <laughs> you better make it, because I know there's going to be a big countdown when this happens. It's going to become. And Really a, a thing of uh, conversation all over the place. Uh, and we know that, you know, you're having trouble with your back right now, which is the same, but God bless you for getting out there and giving it a, a, an effort. You know, you still bowl league too, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to bowl a league uh, this year. I'm, uh, I, I quit bowling last year. I was having some problems, but I'm feeling better now, and I'm looking forward to bowling in a league again. So, so we'll find out how I do once I start that.
1: Maybe I'll bowl better next year in the U.S. I hope so. You know, uh, I know I, I'm living alone. I don't eat real good, uh, you know, like you're supposed to. So you got somebody uh, helping you with, with a good diet and all that kind of stuff, eating the right foods and vegetables and all that? Uh, I pretty much eat
2: what I want. Yeah. <laughs> 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 And that doesn't necessarily uh, include many vegetables. I like, <laughs> I like some of them, but not all of them. Yeah. Uh, but give a good steak, and I'll do well. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, listen, I'm looking at the old clock on the wall, and I want to know if you can think of a story maybe about Salvino or Steve Nagy. Uh, a lot of people never heard of Steve Nagy, but he was one of the original guys back in the day as a charter, charter member. You got something about him, maybe? Uh, I,
2: I'll tell you one thing. I will remember about Steve Nagy is first of all, he was probably the greatest personality that I ever met, and I've met a bunch. But he was he was really something. He was. But I remember we were at, at, at the uh, in the All Star tournament uh, when it was in San Bernardino. Well, there was a meeting before the tournament started, and everybody was supposed to be there. We just started the meeting, been on it for about 10 minutes, and who walked in the door but Steve. And he's got his jacket hang over his shoulder, and he walks and he looks up and he says, well, hi, everybody, how you doing? <laughs> 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 and he was, uh, and uh, Buzz Fazio used to barnstorm during the summer. Uh, they bowled together on teams. Uh, for a lot of years, they were on the Falstaff team uh, together, uh, and at that time, uh, Fazio was the captain. And then, and then when Steve took over is when I joined the team. But uh, though they, they were two of the, two great personalities,
1: Buzz and uh, Steve, together. You know, that was a little bit before my time. But you know, I did a lot of research over the years, and those teams, all of them. You guys bowled against each other in all different kind of exhibitions and whatnot. But you guys just left one great reputation. You were all well-dressed. You were all professionals. Uh, if you lost, you shook hands. You know, it was just a bunch of pros out there. And you guys set the stage for the PVA coming along. And, you know, we kind of missed the old days. But without the old days, we wouldn't have the new days. God bless your parts for all the things that you did back in the day loved it loved every minute of it well listen uh you got anything else you want to say uh, you know i don't mind running over time with you my friend
2: uh right now i can't think of anything else uh, len uh, it's it, it's been a good day
1: though <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm smiling and, uh... <laughs> well i was just going to i was going to say one thing that uh, i've been eating a lot of my vegetables lately because uh i take a martini with two onions in it. So I'm getting my vegetables that way.
2: <laughs> well, see, I I, I don't, uh, I, I use uh, an onion in mine. So <laughs> uh, basically, uh, if I'm hungry, I'll have a couple of
1: <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So, okay. One last thing, uh, you know, I, I always tease Jerry because, I go way back with Jerry. I remember Jerry in the 50s at Bowman Bowl. He was hustling around the Bay Area with my friend Sam Baca and all that back in the day. And he's always been a character. Everybody loves him. In fact, before the show, I told you both uh, that I've been recently talking to Dave Davis and Dave Sutarkas. They're going to come on with the show themselves. And, boy, they send their love to both of you guys. So, if Jerry wants to say something about uh, Sutar and Davis, they're both well. Davis had a heart attack; he's getting better. The funny thing was that I asked Dave how he was doing. Sutar, he said he ran over himself in the car. He, he backed out of the driveway. He he thought he had it in park, and it ran over him. So the door hit him in the chest. He's got sore ribs, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, Jerry, you, know, you got anything you want to say? I do remember
2: one thing else that, that I could tell you, and okay. that's with Jerry. We, when we were on the tour, we used to get, have get-togethers all the time and dinners, but with, with a whole bunch of people. I mean, a, a whole bunch of the, the the guys and their wives, and they had a a, a thing called uh, roommates. They had Jerry and I up there as roommates, and uh, Jerry, uh, we've had to say uh, what Say things about each other. Okay. And Jerry and I wanted the (laughs) roommate.
1: Because you knew each other so well? (laughs) Anyway, here's Jerry. All right. I'll ask him that. So, you got anything to say before we close the show, Jerry? No, you can't imagine
3: uh, the fun times I had uh, with all those guys. Uh, I wasn't the greatest lover. Uh, I just. biding my time out there but uh boy spending time with glenn and and, uh, dave and uh, both daves sutar and 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 all those old timers um, some that you don't even hear about uh bill pace for example yeah uh uh, glenn Blakesley, choo choo Blakesley. yeah Uh, some real characters and really nice guys they they all treated me good and it was the best
1: time of my life i think at bowing on a tour I'm I, believe back. It. I believe it. You know, I do remember all those old timers because even though I, I wasn't a bowler, I hung around Belmuth Hill Bowl and I then hung around with Hardwick for years. But Bill Pace, I believe he was from Kansas City and right. they had a bunch of guys that bowled in the Bay Area. You know, they had that team from uh, Milbray Bowl, a bunch of good players there. Vern Downing used to come up from San Jose and Ed Bourdais I mean, you name it; they were they were there. They, I'll tell you, the the Bay Area was a hotbed of bowling back in the day, just like Southern California was. You mentioned an old timer, uh, and uh, as soon as you mentioned it,
3: reminded me of a story uh, or being around them and, and how much fun it was. Uh, uh, and just oh, those guys were great. Let me g- give you back to Glenn. Let him say a word or two. And and thanks for putting me on, Lenny. Uh uh, I appreciate you advertising my shirt, uh mine okay. and Glenn's shirt.
1: No problem. I'll I'll be in touch with you, so put Glenn on. All right, buddy. All right. Thank you. I, I wanna tell you something about Ed Bourday. <laughs> uh, I don't, actually,
0: know. I, I don't know if we, we got time.
2: <laughs> Jerry and I were we were coming in we were and we were on the second squad and Ed was bowling on the first squad. We're coming in through the door, and Jerry looks down, he looks down, and he sees Ed where Ed is bowling, and he said, hey, Glenn, let's go down and watch Ed and see what part of the second arrow he's
1: playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you're making me have to tell one, you know, uh, Billy was a real slight kid. He was only about 5'3", 5'5", uh, 100 pounds, and I lived right next door to the bowling alley, and Billy was bowling everybody for whatever they wanted to bowl. And he would tell me, you got to come down in case these strangers come in. Well, one night at two in the morning, he called me up. He says, you got to come down here. There's three adults. And one guy looks really mean. He's got glasses that are broken. He's got Band-Aid on the glasses. He says he wants to bowl for $100 a game. So I went down there, and I'm keeping score. And he had two bruises with him. It was Ed Bordet. And they're going to bowl for 100 a game. And he says to Billy, he says, you pick a pair, boy. And so Billy says, all right, 15 and 16, where he averaged 260 on that pair. It was a track shot. It was unbelievable. But they had five practice balls. I'll never forget. This is a true story. Five on each lane. And so Bordet starts out, leaves a 10-pin, misses it. Hardwick gets a double. Bordet leaves a four-pin and shoots at the 10-pin and says, Keep your goddamn money. Goodbye. And he walked out. <laughs>
2: <Sorry>. <laughs> All
1: right, you guys, I'll be in touch. We're going to do this again, and I'll, I'll stay in touch with you, Glenn. Uh, thanks for doing the show, Fards. I love you. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. All right. Thank well, Phantom you. fans, the old clock and wall says we're out of time, and I'm going to look forward to talking to another great guest next week. So I want to thank our sponsors, Storm Bowling, Brad Edelman from High Roller, and Dale Kowalski, the bowling guru from Michigan. So for Phantom Radio, this is the Phantom.
3: When you're down
2: and troubled And you need some love and care And nothing
3: Nothing is going right Close your eyes And
2: think of me And soon I